Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from New York, New York, it's the Hollywood Godfather Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Gianni Russo, Patrick Piccarelli, and Megan Horan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Hollywood Godfather Podcast. And we have an amazing show tonight, because all of us sitting here just before we went on air, we're talking about the Emmys, as you all were last week. And I was in dire shock because we dedicated a show that Pat brought to our attention a few weeks ago about what's going on with the Central Park Five. Yeah, and by the way, I've been getting a lot of feedback on that show, and uh, people liked it. I mean, they uh, appreciated the different subject matter, and they were, uh, I can't say the word shock, it's let's you use the word amazed right. that what, what the facts were to this thing that no one knew about. But, uh, you know, the uh, New York Daily News uh, went back on their condemnation of Linda Fairstein. They apologized and, she, and they said that she doesn't deserve uh, what she's being put through. So you figured that would have started the ball rolling where people at least are going to wake up or at least not take these rumors any further than they already took them. And then came the Emmys. I know, and I, I can't believe... Uh, first of all, I didn't even know about, you know, that was an HBO special that started all this. Mm-hmm. And I don't follow television that much. But I just wanted to see now, because of what we're doing with our project, uh, Hollywood Godfather book, going into a 10-hour streaming, I'm starting to focus more on all these cable stations like Netflix and everything that's out there, Apple and all that. Well, and actually, it was two shows. Uh, Ken Burns, who was a famous documentarian, uh, did a documentary back in February on this case, and he was even more damning of, of, of the cops. It left out so much. And Then came the HBO uh, movie uh, that just uh, took it one step further. People that don't watch PBS definitely watch HBO. Uh, so now everybody's on the bandwagon uh, c- condemning the prosecutor, the cops, and everybody else. And as you say, then came the Emmys. And I was shocked at what I saw on the Emmys, people crying. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when this kid won, who I never knew who was as an actor, and yeah. I didn't know what he won for. And then I heard what it was. Mm-hmm. And like we all witnessed standing ovations and, and people crying. And then these five idiots got up. I mean, who, who, who dressed them? Uh, Stevie Wonder? I mean, <laughs> they, they admitted to criminality and everybody forgets about it. Uh, look, the point is, I think in our society now, and, and this is basically across the board, we get our news from two minute sound bites uh, at, uh, on the six o'clock news. Uh, newspapers are going by the way of the dinosaur in five years, they'll all be gone. Uh, and people believe what they see. And or hear rather, or see in those uh, two minutes. Uh, uh, also, they believe what they see in the movies. And I'll give you one example that surprised even me, and not much surprises me anymore. A few years ago, well, it was quite a few years ago, uh, when Oliver Stone's movie came out, JFK. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the time, you know, it was a revelation, and I'm having a conversation. I was teaching school at the time, also back in New York, uh, on a college level. And uh, a bunch of alleged scholars uh, were in a break room and were talking about this movie and the JFK assassination. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, 
it was uh, Oliver Stone's take on the JFK assassination. And this college professor, PhD, no less, is uh, talking about uh, this vast right-wing conspiracy, CIA's involved, the mob is involved, the military is involved. So, uh, you know, you're not going to change somebody's mind by talking to them for 20 minutes. So I just said, or asked, where did you get this from? And this guy looks me right in the eye and says, well, the Oliver Stone movie. And I look at oh him, I mean, this guy, this guy obviously is a good researcher. He wouldn't have gotten his doctorate without it. Right. Uh, and I just looked at him and I said, I'm not going to waste my breath. You know? no. And they said, what do you think? <clears throat> and I had read the entire Warren Commission report, all 27 volumes, and I've been studying this all my life. Yeah, <laughs> when you I told said, me that, I think I you're the only person I know that really read that whole thing. <laughs> what did it yeah, take I you a month? I'm the only one. Uh, wow. And, uh, and my reaction was, I have no opinion. Mm. No, you can't, like you say. It's, it's bigger than life once they see it on television. It's got to be true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, when, when I watched the Emmys, was I frustrated? <clears throat> yeah, of course I was. I know people who are involved in this. And all I'm telling, you know, the people who are listening to this show, if you want to know the truth, uh, Michael Armstrong, who was the head of the investigation to investigate the investigators uh, on this case, he investigated the police and the prosecutors that did the Central Park investigation and the prosecution, and he came out with a voluminous report clearing everybody, but he went into minute detail on who did what, where this Mateus Reyes guy who confessed to all of this comes in. Mm -hmm. He goes so far as to say he was there with the five. He was the sixth guy. Uh, I mean, he really condemns these five guys. No one seems to care. Yeah, it's And the just... only reason that they had this investigation was because people thought that the, 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 the police framed these people and the prosecutors went along with it. So the state specifically got this oversight committee to investigate it. And they still didn't pay attention to it. Mm. I don't get it. No, it's amazing. And, you know, to me, as and uh, touching like you just did, on the Kennedy assassination, which I'll get into in a second. But to have now all of these facts and to have those five people at the Emmys get up, take a bow, and they're crying, they did everything, they did worse to that lady than the one guy that actually sodomized it. That prior to them, as I understand it. Yeah, they beat him nearly to death. They beat a nearly to death. And now they're celebrities. And now like they're, they're celebrities. celebrated. Yeah. They're wealthy celebrities. Well, mm -hmm. well let's... Um, that, that was... Well, the, I mean, we just had to say... I hope your audience don't mind. We, we, you, more of this needs to be told because there's so... And look at the respect the cops have in New York. None because of all of this. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all well, propaganda. Let's go on... To, uh, to other things, but you're right. We, I, we, I had to say something about this, and so did you. You watched it. Oh no, I watched it. All of us did, even Megan. Mm. Well, how are these people being glorified? Yeah. Well, we don't know the answer to that because no. the evidence is out there. It's not one of these conspiracy theories where everybody has an opinion. The evidence is out there. Right. Read the yeah. Michael Armstrong report, folks. It's online. Mm. Yeah. Okay. End of uh, end of rant. End of rant. There we go. Okay. Let's transition. Let's transition. We had a request and that brought up, and Pat and I just brought it up too, when you have a guy like Oliver Stone 
which I know well because I did any given Sunday with him. Spent six months with that maniac. I love him, but he's crazy. <laughs> but I, I, I uh, was asked a while ago and uh, about me coming back to America after 22 months after the Kennedy assassination. And, um, I, and we, we touched on it in the book a little, and we didn't want to belabor it, but the fuck... What fun- book is that, Johnny? What's that? <laughs> Name what drop book it. book is that? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, our book, Hollywood Godfather. Ah, that book. Yeah, someday we'll be, have to say, which book is it? Because we're, <laughs> we're going to do so many more. Yeah, yeah. I hope. But, you know, a- after getting over, for me as an individual and being a part of something that I did not know who the target was, I knew they were going to whack somebody. But I didn't think it was John F. Kennedy. Really, I thought it was Bobby because he uh, annoyed so many people. But my life, I have to say, after the first three or four or five months and my religious beliefs, I, I had to let it go. I had no control of it. And uh, with that said, it was like party time for me. <laughs> in, my, in my age, being over there during this era, you know, in the 60s and early mm-hmm. 60s, and the way I was in, in Italy in itself, I had a, an apartment on the Parque de Principe in the Villa Borghese. Mm-hmm. And if there were people who have never traveled, this is right in, into the, the park uh, in Rome where the uh, Via Veneto ends. And it's about three acres of amazing zoo and land. Oh, wow. And on my balcony, when the bells rang at St. Peter's, I'm looking down at them. <laughs> wow. And nice. it, it, was, yeah, it was Johnny Agnelli's apartment. I don't know why he let me stay there, but <laughs> I did. But I, 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 the last memory I had, like, there were so many there because of, I was in Pesetto's every night. Mm. Pesetto's is, a, uh, for people who are listening, then the Piazza Navona. I mean, this, this, you have to just Google it, you'll see it. The statues of Neptune, and I, it's still there. Oh. It's still there. In fact, I, uh, when I knew I was going to talk about the Piazza Navona, I just wanted to make sure it was still there. I called there. And the lady's son answered. They still remember me. I no can't believe way. it. They, yeah, that's incredible. What's that? You're unforgettable. That is true. Well, no, but you know what it is? Italy is like that. Like a friend of mine just called me the other night. He was at he was at the um, oh Bice in Milan, and I said, "Are they still there?" He said, "They told me you, you used to come there all the time." I said, "Yeah." <laughs> when I was to Milan, Bice was the first restaurant. Then they opened like. 60 of them throughout everywhere. Mm. But that's where we first went. And these restaurants are two or 300 years old. Wow. But if anybody has an opportunity to get a reservation in Pesetos, now people never knew who I was because I had boxes of money. They used to bring me a shoebox of lira. That's when the lira was 600 to one. <laughs> what is it now? I'm, now it's almost even. Okay. I think oh, it's, really? it's 120. No, it's yeah. almost even money. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, what happened, why that happened is because of the euro. Yeah. See, most people don't know why the euro was put into... uh, The only way the governments, all the governments, were going to get control of where all this money is going and being laundered. So they actually gave you five years. I don't know if you know about... Anybody know about this? Pat, you know, they they gave you five years to turn in your money and change whatever it was. If it's francs, whatever... Who was okay. ever in the uh, the uh, euro system? Right. 
They gave you five years. And I felt bad for one of my old uncles. Was his goal in life was to have a million dollars in every currency. Oh, wow. And he did. And then it was worthless. And, and, but then it's worthless because he couldn't turn it in because once they turned it in, the trick where'd was turning it? it in. Where'd you get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I walked away from a few dollars over, over there myself. I was going after that. <laughs> but anyway, the, the thing is that... Uh, so now you can imagine with, with this kind of money, I'm out every night. Well, no, I kid. They're bringing me this money every week. All right. So I used to hold court in, in Pesetos. But I'm not just calling you know tourists in. I'm sitting, they just wrapped Cleopatra, mm. Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor, Terrence Hill, and th that cast in alone. Then on the other side of the table, I was very close to Carlo Ponte, mm -hmm. and Carlo Ponte was dating Sophia Loren at the time. And he was married to Janelle, another amazing woman. Mm. And most people in this country don't even know who Carlo Ponte is. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, I probably know the answer, but I, I gotta hear from you. What was a little dumpy guy like that, bald and fat and short? How did he ever get Sophia Lauren and all these other beautiful women? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. You just, you, uh, Mady, did you ever see a picture of this guy? I haven't. Oh, no. Oh, I'm yeah, going to have to look him up. Yeah. No. Carlo Ponte. Carlo Ponte. I'm going to tell you something. You have to see his wife, Janelle. I'm going to look him up but right the, now. The interesting thing, though, they're there, and he convinced his wife, because he was so rich, and that's one of the reasons. Yeah. I mean, figure this out. <clears throat> he paid a $24 million fine in 1967. What for? For income tax evasion. Oh. So that's the kind of money he had. Well, and $24 million then. Yeah. Was, it was twice that now, at least. Hmm. Oh, my God, you. But I, I, I learned so much about this guy because he used to, I, he loved me and I loved him. He dressed well. And, and Johnny and Yelly, that's one thing, all these guys dressed and they yeah. taught me to understand. I'm, I'm a young guy. Yeah. And the, the good news, though, he taught me some. This, he was so in love with Sophia Lauren that he used to bring her to dinner with his wife. <clears throat> really? Well, yeah. you're in Italy. You can do that. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> I, 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 was away with it. Yeah. I was told my grandfather's brother mm -hmm. had his gumadi living in the house with them. What's a gumadi? His girlfriend. What's a gumadi? Uh, What's a gumadi? I'm going to have to make That's a I'm word I've never you. heard before, I have to say. I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to speak Italian right now. Are you ready? Yeah, I got zero uh, Italian skills over repeat, here. Repeat after me. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yo. Go ahead. Say it. Go ahead. <laughs> what was it? Yo? Yo. Yo. Yo, hey. Whoa. Now, how, hey. How finish yet? Now, now say, how you doing? How you doing? There you there go. You go. You speak yeah. Italian. Speak All it. right, there we All go. Right. Yeah. That's all I need to know. All right, good. Now you know. Da you Dan's going to really be happy after all this education. <laughs> she goes, yeah, she's going to come in the house tonight. Yo! Well, that's a big Philly thing, too. My grandpa Everybody said that word every other. Every other. Yeah. Well, if you're in the neighborhood, you got to talk like them. Forget mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. But the, the, but let's get back to Carlo Ponte. He taught me something early on because I've, I've been called early on in my life that I was a womanizer, which I wasn't. I just like variety. Hmm. But it's an interesting way to put it. I was there when he convinced his wife to move to France. Really? With him and Sophia. And, and she, she was said okay that's, with this? And she said, that's the only condition? He said, that's the only condition. We got to move to France. And they moved to France only for one reason. What was that? Italy, you can't get a divorce. 
There's no divorces in Italy. Oh, really? I, I never even knew that. You didn't know that? Even still? No. Yeah, you, you can't know. get a divorce. You just don't. Well, just not. You're not Catholic. You can't get a divorce? Well, I mean, you got to leave the country. Oh, I, I yeah, but in, in Italy, <clears throat> no. no divorce at all. No, no. Wow, I wow. never knew that. Unless they changed in the last 20 years. It never was. But what's interesting, once he got to Paris and they became a French citizen, then he convinces, I don't know what, how much money he gave her. Yeah, that's how, that's how he convinced. And, and then he got, yeah, oh, no kidding. Him? Yeah, divorce him. This is, what, this is yours. And then he married Carlo Ponte. I mean, uh, Sophia Lauren. Lauren. And they have two well, wonder. Was, at the time, though, correct me if I'm wrong, she was a, a, a famous movie star at that time, was she not? Of course. Amazing. So she didn't need the money. Well, she didn't need the money, but the prestige of being with Carlo Ponte, forget about it. This really? villain, I mean, this guy is like uh, Bill Gates. Oh, okay. No, okay, he, right. so it was a big no, deal. No, a major deal. Made. I, I, I take it he's no longer with us. Man. No, no, he's dead. But the interesting thing, I mean, imagine this guy. I think at the time he was the sixth richest man in the world. Wow. Okay. And and everything. I mean, but like Johnny Anelli, nobody knew this guy. Mm-hmm. Twenty fourteen, he owned Fiat Motor Company, Ferrari, owned everything. Right. And, you know, he gave it up just recently. He died mm. in two thousand four. Okay. But. So every night, this is what's going on in my life, huh. and just having a lot of fun. And, and I mean, like I said, coming back. I remember when I came back. I came back in October, mm-hmm. and I come back in 1965. I was gone 22 months, and I go to the Copa, and it's Diana Ross, and, mm. and the Supremes. <clears throat> they just started to come out of their that whole thing. Really? And which later on, why I'm bringing it up, later on, it would be Diana Ross who introduced me to Michael Jackson because she introduced them for their breakthrough album in 1969, uh, 1967. Jackson 5? Jackson 5. But they stayed friends forever, and I was going through my archives. I found a, a magazine cover just the other day with Diana Ross, Lola Falana, and Dion Warwick and myself on the cover of Now Magazine, where to go out in Vegas when, really? we, when we opened when we opened Vegas. F- figure that out. That's twenty years after mm. that I met her at the Copa. Wow, that's crazy. No, it's, it was crazy, crazy time. Well, and, and at the time too, uh, when Cleopatra was released, that was the most expensive movie of all time up up until that time. Oh yeah, my God, it was amazing. Yeah, and they were so nuts. What was that? Did you see the movie Cleopatra? I haven't, no. I'll add it to my list now. I just thought it was still though. Even today, 50 years old. It's it's still, it's it's amazing how one director can say action and have everybody do what they're supposed to do. Mm. I mean, thousands 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 of people though. Not like today, they're animated. I feel like I've definitely seen images of it, but I've never seen the film myself. No, it's crazy. I need to now. Oh no, it's totally insane. But to come back, and I, I'm, I'm, I kept going back and forth to Italy. I, I'm not going to just leave that up. Mm-hmm. In fact, I left my boat there for 20-something years. I used to go visit that and use that as an excuse. <laughs> but these guys really knew how to live. I mean, and the money. That's why, to me, I always wanted just to keep amassing dollars because I knew, you know, that's the kind of life I always wanted to live in. Right. I never got there yet, but it's okay. Hmm. Yeah, you got, you got plenty of time. Yeah, I got plenty of time. Oh, okay. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But imagine. You know what always amazed me about the Italians, uh, particularly the men, the way they dressed. Oh my and, God. And uh, I, I got this from my father. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not in any position financially to spend a lot of money on clothes, but I do anyway. And I, I, I got that from my father, and he got it from his ancestors. Italian, Italians know how to dress. No, they. Well, that means think. Of money on well, think about the fashion. We we control the fashion world. Still, yeah, the art. I mean, we're always with the arts. And, and that's why even my kids laugh at me now. I'm still wearing bright colors. And the guy who taught me to do that was Johnny Agnelli. Mm-hmm. I mean, I showed up yesterday at an event with a black blazer and lipstick red pants mm-hmm. and red velvet. I, I mean, love I, your wardrobe. No, but, it but never people, disappoints. Even no, but, when we're here. Even when we're sitting here, you always have great outfits on. No, but the thing is, most of these people, like my age, I can remember my, my, my uncles at 75, they wore the same pair of pants and same shirt every day. <laughs> my, my aunt or somebody had told her, after a week, you'd see everything they ate. Whatever they oh ate for lunch was, was on their shirt. It's accumulating over time. They, they didn't care. Oh, wow. That, that's why even the image in The Godfather, most people didn't. We were asked this question on an earlier show today. Megan was sitting here. Most people don't realize Don Corleone was fashioned after three Dons. Mm-hmm. But they went, and it was... Uh, Mario Puzo's idea to fashion him, that is the sympathetic part of it, mm-hmm. of always seeing him around with the sweater and the garden. So yeah. you, you, you would, yeah, you would relate to your grandfather, not this mob Monster. boss. Yeah. And that was the same to Gambino. When you saw Gambino, only if it was at a wedding or something you dressed. Other than that, he played it down. On the contrary now, mm. Frank Costello dressed every night, every day. Two different suits a day. Oh wow! Hamburgs, yeah. everything. I mean, dressed. <laughs> and he, when he, you'll see pictures of him, which I still do. He used to wear his overcoat unless it was, you know, below zero, mm-hmm. over his shoulders, not his arms in it. Oh, he would drape it. I, I like that. I, I, I drape now. Yeah, I, I, like I, I wear capes yet, oh. scarves. No, it's all crazy. <laughs> but. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, Zorro was the model for you, I understand. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, I, well, that's uh-huh. a different kind of cape. I yeah, <laughs> no, and, and it's a black horse and a black mask, too. Mm. Okay. Got it. And I'm not too good with a sword. Give me a, <laughs> give me a 38. There you go, yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's, but... <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go with this? Anyway, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth, yeah. Well, I left them for a long time, only to rekindle our friendship when they moved back here. And uh, I, most people don't realize I was in the record business for a while. And every time I see Barry Gordy and different guys, and even Stevie Wonder, we were all involved in a, a, a record. What That's what friends are for. And... We donated every dime of that proceeds of that record to Amphar, who Elizabeth Taylor headed for AIDS. Oh, okay. So nobody saw the money. And we, every time we talk about that, that was the biggest hit ever, and nobody made a dime. You know what I'm talking about? Stevie wow. Wonder, Gladys Knight, Dion, um, Carol Bear Sager. Everybody was in it. Wow. But that, was, that was Dion Warwick's biggest hit. No, no, Dion, no, 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 you're wrong there. No, uh, never, <laughs> no, her biggest hit was Never Love This Way Again. It was the first record we collaborized on to get her back, and that's when she was doing duets with the Bee Gees okay. and Kashif and all of that. Okay. That's what brought her career back. But then during that period, they all got involved with That's What Friends Are For, and Dion was one of the lead singers on that. But... Uh, 
Right. You know, it was like, even with Taylor, and we reminisce then, she passed on, but we used to reminisce with the days of Kalapanti. Nobody knew who I was. And they, they thought maybe I was an illegitimate son to Kalapanti or really? Johnny and Yelly because I was living like them. Yeah. And who's this guy? <laughs> and I couldn't tell them who I was because I was there for a different reason. Mm -hmm. But they saw the Vatican all the time. They saw me, you know, with the cars from the Vatican. So they, they figured he's got to be somebody. But those days, like it used to be a secret organization until the John Gotti. Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, but it's it's funny as I sit here and reflect on it. After coming back, twenty years later, I open up State Street, mm -hmm. and on my guest list is Marlon Brando, Liz Taylor, Diana Ross. They all came. It was like insane. Wow, that was a great. They were, they, they were friends, Taylor Brando and Michael Jackson. Oh my God. They were unbelievable friends. You know, and it's, it, there's something that we'll talk about as we get into it. I, I didn't realize in so many different ways how close they really were. Even Tony Curtis. Now, Tony Curtis, I've known because I, I did uh, a movie called Lepke and uh, with, you know, my second big film after The Godfather mm -hmm. where he played Louis Bookalter. I mean, I played Louis Bookalter. No, he played Louis Bacolta. <laughs> I played Albert oh. Anastasia. Imagine, yes, I'm yes, only yes, drinking water. It's not even vodka. Yeah, what is going on? If that's your problem. You should be drinking vodka. Uh, but, he, but, he, but, he, but, but anyway, uh, you know, so. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And the thing is that here I come back and I, I could do anything in Vegas at the time. And they wanted me to go and I stayed there. Mm -hmm. And the, my first club I opened was at the Tropicana Hotel. And Sinatra who I met Elvis with Sinatra at the Fountain Blue when they did an NBC special for when Elvis came out of the army. And you know, he did the whole tour in the army. You, you don't know that. Mm -mm. Yeah, he did two years. Yeah, he did. He, okay. got, he got drafted, and that was a big okay. thing because mm -hmm. that's when they were having the news about Muhammad Ali dodging the draft, saying that's when he changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali, and he found religion. And it was always a big thing. You almost got well. The, the, for the longest time, they weren't going to license him to fight. Yeah, really? he was destroyed. I mean, that, that you know, talk about a comeback. I mean, he was yeah. nowhere after that. Hmm. Yeah, he refused to go in the, in the military. Yeah, they were going to lock him up. I don't know how the hell he got out of that. Oh, right. Well, he got out of it on the on religious grounds. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he fought. I mean, you know, and again, you know, what's so weird in my bar right now which I have a lot of artifacts, above my garbage pail cover of my fight, my biggest fight, uh -huh. and uh, there is a boxing glove that says November 22nd, 1965, mm -hmm. two years on the day of the Kennedy assassination. I'm sitting ringside watching Muhammad wow. Ali, Cassius Clay, whatever his name was, beat that fight. And I'm in a room at the end of this fight, and I'm saying, this is crazy. Yeah. What did he fight? Oh, I forget. One of the major guys. Knocked him out in the first three rounds. Not first three minutes of the round. Heavyweight okay. champ. Big fight. Yeah, no, I, just, I was just trying to place who it was. No, I, don't, I don't remember. But anyway, but and here I am sitting with all the people I was in Italy with while I was dodging the bullet. Mm -hmm. And 
now they're hanging out in my club after a major fight. <laughs> it's wild. like total insanity of when you think about it. And then to have such a relationship through all the years. And then I'm with Brando making the movie The Godfather. And he could never put it together till later on that he figured out. Because mm. he, he, he was just worried about me not being an actor, you know, and how are you going to do this part? And, right. But... Uh, Crazy times, really crazy. Uh, we have uh, we have a lot to say about Brando, but we're not going to fit it in this episode, I don't think, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it'll have to be uh, a little no, bit yeah. of a no. part yeah, two. This is the the the, the uh, hidden Brando, so to speak. That's yeah, I mean that 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 is something else because as as we all realize, as life went on, it, it got crazy with uh, with what he did with his career. I mean, the the, the Godfather. I mean. Without Brando helping me, I don't, I don't know if it would have came out as good as it did. My closing scenes, and he was there and just helped me do it. Yeah, but but you know you have to uh, uh, you know say that toward the end you were there for him. Oh yeah, I'm there. Like yeah. you said, and, 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 you know we'll go through that on the right. on the next episode because I tell you a hell of an interesting story, uh, which is also in our book, Hollywood Godfather, by the way, his name. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, very interesting stuff. But the, you know the, the the times of and sharing it with him and what it was so giving to me. It, it was very hard to you know not understand where he was going in his life. Right. I didn't know the confusion. So I mean, to uh, to me, it's like, uh, well, you know what? I think we should go to the mailbag. All right. And then everybody that's listening to the show. We'll continue with this story next week. Perfect. So, yeah. So we'll do a two-parter here. <laughs> we're, we're becoming a serial. <laughs> Love it. All right. So we'll start with a comment. This one's from Bob H. Bob says, just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy the podcast. After 12 hours of work, it gives me a great relaxing feeling. Congratulations. 12 that's hours of nice. work. That is right. Yeah. That's a long work day. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I'm glad that we can be there for him yeah, at the I'll end of the day. Please. Yeah. Don't fall asleep on us now. (laughs) All right. Next one is a question from Constantine for both Gianni and Pat. He says, have you ever met or had any associations with Joe Pistone, a.k.a. Donnie Brasco? Or do you know anyone that got caught up with his undercover operation? We got the the guy with us right now, Pat. Yeah, we got a lot of Pistone stories. Hello. Uh, Yeah, for those of you who don't know who Joe Pistone was, he was uh, an undercover FBI agent that went by the name of Donnie Brasco. Uh, he, uh, he was with uh, he was with the Lucchese's, right, uh, Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, for, for no, many, no. many years. Genovese, he, uh, Genovese and Lucchese. Oh, he uh, passed himself off as a, as a jewel thief. Of course, he was getting all his, his swag from the FBI, but he convinced everybody that, that uh, he, he, he was who he pretended to be. But uh, I did. I didn't know him then. I mean, they were doing their undercover thing. I was just a cop in the NYPD. No one, you know, knew what he was doing till the case was over. When everything ended and he became famous by the book and the movie, Johnny Depp played him. Al Pacino uh, was in it. Uh, uh, I was contacted by our agent Frank Weinman, mm. who was also representing the Stone, and we were going to do. Uh, the, the idea was to do a. Donnie Brasco fiction series, uh, the uh, adventures of Donnie Brasco after 
you know, it was supposed to be like a continuation of his life in the mob, but it was going to be portrayed as fiction, not not a true story. We were going to use the character, but I was going to collaborate with Joe, uh, and we started to talk about Rosetta to go. Then there were some problems along the way, not with the story or anything. There were some personal things going on, and it, uh, it never got off the ground. But I keep in touch with him. I've talked to him over the years, and he's doing well. Uh, he's going to have a television series on. I think he's still alive. Oh yeah, I spoke to him uh, two months ago. Oh wow! Oh, you, oh so you got a television series coming on the History Channel, I believe, about cold cases. Oh wow! So oh. he had he had called me, or I called him. I forget what we returned my call uh, about two months ago. He wanted to know if uh, I, I know of any uh, cold cases that weren't uh, well known. We talked for like half an hour. I mean, yeah, he's still he's got to be uh, up his seventies now, maybe maybe even eighty. But sharp, you know, he living in the, uh, the proverbial, uh, you know, undisclosed location, mm. uh, doing well. Uh, it doesn't keep uh, a very low profile. You just can't uh, look him up online, you know. But he's out there making his movies. He did uh, he did an independent movie. Get a load of this about uh, a gang, uh, a crew from the from the mob that hijacks a truckload of Viagra. Huh. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, I don't know where it went. This was like 12 years ago. Did anybody get stiff? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, they got stiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, somebody had to say it. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, and he's, uh, you know, he retired. He retired. You know, don't forget, this was an old case. I mean, he did this in the 70s and early 80s that he was. Yeah. But uh, uh when we talked, we once talked about the ending of the movie where uh, Al Pacino uh, gets gets called out because uh, Donnie Brasco, the you know the, the, the character he was uh, conveying, was asked to do a hit. But they, that's how they trusted. They loved this guy. He was working for years on the cover, and at the end they they wanted him to get rid of a guy. And this was a big bone of contention in Washington. So we can't have an FBI agent whacking anybody. So we, we have to end the case. So they went and pulled him out. He vanished overnight, and uh, the subpoenas started to, started to get served. And the guy who brought him in and uh, vouched for him uh, was a guy named uh, Lefty Ruggiero. Lefty? No, they called him Lefty. I forget his last name. There was actually there was actually two people. Anyway, the way they have it in the movie, if you saw the movie, uh, they they call him down for a sit down, and he knows he's going to die. Uh, and he leaves his, this is the Al Pacino character, and he leaves his ring and his, his, his watch and his wallet. Oh, that was a great scene, too, man. I know, but that's not true. That guy wasn't wacky. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he did time. He did, uh, he did some years. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, and he that's didn't, interesting. Yeah. See, there's another fictional ending of a, of a, a serious movie. Yeah, well, he, you know, <clears throat> they wanted to kill him, but in, in the interim, he gets indicted for something else, and he didn't talk, he didn't read anybody up, they gave a pass. Mm. And, and he did his time, and he got out, and uh, he's got a natural death. But everybody thought that, you know, he left his house, and they, he, he wound up in a river somewhere. It's not true. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, yeah, I know for stone. Mm. Awesome. All right, well, the next one um, is a question for me. And oh, Dennis good. asks, yeah, oh. Dennis asks, what part of Philadelphia are you from? I thought he wanted your phone number. No, not going to give that next, out, unfortunately. That's the next question. <laughs> So I am from a little town called Lafayette Hill. I'm right outside of the city of Philadelphia, um, five minutes from 
a place called Chestnut Hill. Um, so that's the northwest. Chestnut Hill is famous. Is it? Well, my I know it's mob guys. famous in my area. Oh, for mob guys. <laughs> so that's the northwest. That's a very high end. Yeah, it is. It's a nice area. So I live right, right next to that town. <laughs> so that's northwest side of the city. But yeah, my family. You know who lived there? Pat. Oh, Angelo Bruno. <laughs> Well, he's no longer for Angelo. Mm. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, just to finish that. My okay. family's originally from West Philadelphia. So, so I want to know, so how does he know you're from Philadelphia? He said, I think his email was had something to do with Philly, so he might be from there as well. So that's why but he's coming. I, 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 you I, are. Think, I, think I probably talked about it. Oh, do? Okay. I talked about that I'm from there, okay. just saying, you know, Philly in general. But uh, I, I just met a Philly guy two weeks ago. Oh, really? Oh, were you there? Yeah. No, no, he was here, Fabian. You know Fabian? Oh, my God. Fabian Forte. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Fabian. Yeah, you were telling me about him before. Did he have his full wig on now? He was like two miles away from me. Oh, wow. Oh, now you mean uh, he lives where you live now? Yeah. Oh, wow. I said, what are you, in the Witness Protection Program? Wait, and he was from Philly? No, yeah, he was from, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were all found in Philly. Anyway, I get a, he frequents the same restaurant. You know, the, the restaurant I told you about two weeks ago Sonny's Prime, where we just right. put your vodka. Exactly. Okay, the high-end steakhouse. He goes there, and the owner calls me up, who I know I've known her for many years. She said, uh, you know, Fabian will be here Saturday night. I want to I want to introduce you. This was two weeks ago. So Susan and I go up there, and Fabian is now 77. Yeah, uh, he's a year old. He's way the same age. Frankie, Avalon, all those guys. They're all the yeah, same. So, trust me, you, you look a lot better. I hope Fabian's not listening. But anyway. <laughs> uh, well, he, he, yeah, he well, first of all, he was an alcoholic all his life. I just... Well, I, don't know, I don't know about him. I know Bobby Rydell was in the Army. But he just oh, yeah. Alcohol. I mean, yeah. He's had a, uh, liver transplant. I, I see. I'm only an alcoholic for the last 25 years. See, you're So you have some up to do. But anyway, he's a Philly guy. Huh. And I, I was talking to him about Philly. Him, Bobby Rydell, and Frankie Avalon still do tours. Oh, well, they're, they're on two. Yeah, the three of them do it. Yeah, anyway. about, he's just about, the, about three times a year. But cool. a very nice guy. I, I gave him a copy of our book, by the way, Johnny. Oh, great. Oh, awesome. He, yeah. he knew me. He was in my club a couple of times. Didn't he say he knew me? No, never mentioned it, in fact. That's interesting. Oh. Was he drunk? Oh. I know him well. Uh, Maybe he doesn't remember being in your club. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sort of sat down with him and his, his wife, number three. You know. And uh, Anyway, he lives in a place called Connellsville. He's retired except for these shows. And he was talking about his uh, singing career, what he had of it. He said, I only had really two hits. He said, I, I, I made, you know, whatever fame I had was from the movies. This guy was in a lot of movies. Yeah, mm. but all that beach bongo bingo stuff with no, no, Annette no, no. Pulitzer. He did uh, uh, North to Alaska with John Wayne. He did, uh, he did a lot of uh, westerns with Dean Martin. Really? He, he, oh, yeah, he ran down the list, like 35 movies he was in. Wow. With decent parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did all the uh, all the beach movies with Annette Funicello and uh, right. Frankie Avalon, and, right. you know, once again. But no, he did a, he did a lot of serious parts. I but he said that. most most of his singing was uh, dubbed. You know, they enhanced his voice. He said, "I'm not a singer." He said, "I was stopped, you know, uh, on the street one day, whatever story story told me." He said, "Well, looking for somebody like you. This is one good looking kid." But this that that guy who found him found all these guys. He yeah, was right. He was known in Philly. He had this whole group of people that he created. Well, he was looking for somebody. He had Bobby Rydell with fair hair, and they, uh, you know, they wanted somebody that looked different. Mm. And they found this guy. He was a he was a very good looking guy. Uh, That's well. Anyway, he says all of a sudden I'm famous. Very nice guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll mm. see him again because I frequent the place a lot. Good. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll 
I'll, I will bring up your name. <laughs> no, no. Tell, tell him Johnny forgot right. your name, too. <laughs> so yeah, what's your name again? Johnny told me forgot what your name was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. Gino asks for Gianni, did you know or do you have any stories about Tommy DeVito or Frankie Valli? No. Huh? Frankie Valli, I do, but I'm, I, I never was into that music, believe it or not. No. I was always already into Sinatra. I know Frankie Valli well. Mm. I just went to his 80-something birthday party over here in, in uh, Belmonte's. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice oh, guy. Man. I love him. Do you have any cool stories about him? Gino? Or? Uh, no, because uh, when you have f- close friends, you don't talk about. Well, then that's good. Yeah. Wasn't he in The Sopranos? Oh, yeah. He was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Frankie he, loved, he loved had to act. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he was, yeah. He's some, he was a, a main character, like a, 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 a reoccurring, they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. All right. Next one. This is from Jason for Gianni. He says, Gianni, love the podcast. What can you tell me about the Calneva Resort? Have you stayed there and what all went down? How old is this kid? I'm unsure. I was at the Calneva all the time. I'll tell you, that's that's an episode unto itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jesus. The Calneva was a resort that originally was owned by Costello and Joe Kennedy and uh, Sam Giancana, who was fronting for the Chicago outfit. They put up the money. Why everybody liked it was right on the border of California and Nevada. That's why it was called Cal Neva. Mm, I see. And you could drive up there and people and we're all bungalows huh. in the woods. The casino you'd walk to and uh, it was a crazy I mean atmosphere. And actual cattle cattle town. P- people carried sidearms. Really? Dressed like cowboys. I thought I was at a, a set of a Western yeah, place. But right. first time around, I said, look at this place. Oh, I'll tell you, I would give a lot to see you in a cowboy hat and boots. Man. Yo, you'll never see that. Oh, boots? <laughs> oh, I got cowboy boots. No hat. I got great boots, man. <laughs> but anyway, if he wants to know more about Cal Neva, read the book. He's got a lot about Cal Neva. He has a lot about Cal Neva. Uh, I mean, a whole, an entire chapter about Cal Neva. In fact, the last time I was there was that weekend. And so that would be in 1962, I think, or... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 62 or 63. When Marilyn, 62, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that's the last time I was there, and uh, that's when they broke it all up, basically. Soon after that, Sam Giancana was killed. Everybody was killed. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, I think that's, that's it for our mailbag for tonight. Okay. Perfect. Well, I think um, tune in next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got it now to continue. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I'll give you a hint what's coming up. <laughs> We're all going to be at my friend Johnny and Yelly's Chateau Benefiat at the Cannes Film Festival for the premiere of Superman. Mm-hmm. And guess who our house guest is? Marlon Brando, who played Superman's father. Mm. Very ironically, Mario Puzo. And I meet again, because most people don't know. He wrote that screenplay. This was 1979. Wow. Six, seven years after the original and, Godfather. And, and we'll continue talking about uh, Brando and what actually became of him. And his oh, movie. yeah, no, that's right. We'll take you right to his death, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, sad. Well, okay. until next week, please keep tuning in. We need more subscribers. We want to stay on forever <laughs> and ever and ever. Please. God bless you all. Good night.
Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. My name is Megan Horan. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit Amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.